It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 368 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday. Now you're probably hearing this Wednesday. It's one of those days, uh, August 14th or 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at LockedOnRaptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. Team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. we got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke, and we also, on the NFL side of things, have a pretty refreshed a new lineup of hosts and shows across the whole network lots of new hosts getting things started with the nfl season only a couple weeks away so make sure you're finding the show for your team that you like or team that you care about fantasy wise or whatever it is and make sure you subscribe to that show separately on itunes as well and you can do that with us locked on raptors is on itunes please leave a rating or review it's the best way to support the show also on spotify stitcher all those different places you find podcasts that i don't use but apparently people do use so uh please thank you and uh it takes no time at all it's five seconds of your time and it really helps with the rankings and all that good stuff so thanks in advance all right on today's show i'm joined by uh our pal john godis from raptors hq my my co-worker over there who uh just got back from a month or two weeks of eating in chicago and has been uh hanging around graciously waiting for me for 25 minutes while i lost track while getting ice cream um john how's it going man it's good it's good it's uh been a long two weeks of eating uh it felt like a month and uh, I had ice cream yesterday too, and I think like I had like all salads today, and I'm feeling a lot better than uh, I did when I got back. Because as you know, if you go to Chicago, you just end up eating the whole time. So. It's so good, but it just makes you feel like absolute trash. But it's yeah. so good. <laughs> What's your take on deep dish pizza? Do you like it? Uh, you know, growing up, like my mom would make it for my birthday every year and I, uh, I loved it. I mm-hmm. loved the way that she made it. Mm-hmm. I've tried different places in Chicago and I'm pretty hit or miss cause lots of places like make it differently mm-hmm. in their own way. Like we went to Pequod's this time, which is like the Instagram friendly, yeah. uh, deep dish pizza place, but they call it a pan pizza. And honestly, there's way too much dough, Yeah. but, uh, I guess I'm more of like a Giordano's type deep dish where it is just literally more of a casserole. Like yeah, that's the hate when haters are thinking of deep dish pizza. They're thinking of Giordano's. <laughs> I did Giordano's when I was there um, and it was fine. I just like I, I like regular pizza a lot. So I'm not like looking for a different version of the kind that I typically like. And also like it kind of just weighs you down and makes you feel like crap. So I'd rather <laughs> save the room for other things that will make me feel like crap. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. Um, you look at Giordano's menu and it's like $35 for a small pizza and you're wondering like what the hell is going on here. Yeah. And then like you start and there's just no conceivable way you can get through even <laughs> half of it. I think we did personal ones because we, we were warned that like eating too much of it's going to make you feel like garbage. So yeah, that was good. Although I felt like there was almost not quite enough, but um, yeah, food. That's what we talked about yeah. in August, baby. Yeah. What did you get ice cream wise yesterday before we actually get into the podcast? Uh, ben and Jerry's peanut butter half baked. 
Okay, like in a just in the tub. Is that just how yeah, you roll? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, we. I live. I live in Winnipeg, man. We don't have any Ben and Jerry's restaurants. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know what like what people would serve as like, like just like your mom and pop ice cream shop. I guess. Yeah, I don't. I, I, in Ontario, we're kind of spoiled because Kawartha Dairy is just kind of everywhere, and their stuff is really good. What's your favorite flavor? Of ice cream? Yeah, just in general. Anything with peanut butter in it. Yeah, I had just had that. I had a moose tracks. <laughs> I had uh, this vanilla ice cream with uh, some fudge ripples and peanut butter cups. It's delightful. It's the only it's the only real ice cream that you should eat if you're in Ontario because it's everywhere. I don't know if they have it elsewhere, but it's awesome. Um, you know what else is awesome? Talking about the NBA schedule. I think people seem to in like August. It. Yeah, people really seem to like it. Uh, I don't particularly care that much because. The games happen in order, and that's just, like, it's a tale as old as time, and I don't really remember who plays when until it's, like, a week away on the schedule, and I look ahead, so I, I don't exactly care that much about the schedule. People got excited about it last week when it came out, though, so I figured we should talk about it in some way, and the way I've decided to do this on today's podcast, this whole podcast is dedicated to this. We're done talking about ice cream and food in Chicago. Um, it, well, maybe we can finish off with some stuff at the end, <laughs> but the podcast today is uh, we're just going to go through the schedule. We've each picked – well, here's how it's going to break down. John has picked five games on the Raptors' schedule that he is getting good vibes from, good feelings. He's feeling good about it. We're going to talk about that. And I have picked five games that I am uh, a little bit trepidatious about, have some bad juju feelings about, uh, and I'm going to explain why. John's going to explain why he's feeling good about some of these games. And that's just going to be the podcast. Maybe we'll go a little bit shorter if it goes too long with five games on each side. But – um, let's try this thing because I don't know. I have no other way to uh, to really think about going about talking about the schedule in an interesting way. Um, so let's get it going here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Ninety three percent of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a seventy five dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. John, let's start with you. What is the number one game that you're looking at as a game in which you are feeling good about from the Raptors' perspective? Oh, are we like doing this five to one? Because I actually ranked them. Oh, you can rank them. Yeah, okay. Go five to one if you want. All right. So I started with uh, December 12th versus Golden State. This is kind of my hot take one. So I threw it on kind of at the end. Mm -hmm. So this is the game where they're playing it on a back-to-back. They're facing the Clippers the night before, December 11th. Okay. But this is a game that I think everyone's going to look at on the schedule and think that the Raptors are definitely going to lose this game. So the reason I feel good about it is that they really would have nothing to lose going into that game. Uh, It's an early season test, obviously. I think it's the first time they play the Warriors on the schedule, which they typically do in December. For whatever reason that is, that's always scheduled that way. But they're coming off a stretch where they kind of have an opportunity to feel good about themselves. No, I lied. They're home against Golden State on November 29th. So they do have those games kind of late first half. Yeah, yeah. They're coming off a stretch where they play the Cavs, they play the Nuggets, they play the Nets and the Bucks for the five games. Then they have the Clippers and the Warriors. So I feel like they can have some positive momentum coming into that stretch, coming into that game. And even though it's on the end of a back-to-back, the Raptors always play the Warriors well and obviously even with the roster changes I think that's going to continue and uh, I'm excited for that game just to see how they match up Golden State's a great atmosphere and 
I feel like they could pull it off. That's a, a fair argument. I, I can't really argue with any of that. I mean, the, they have done really well in Golden State last year in like the first week of the season. That was the game where Pascal Siakam had like 20 points in the third quarter, and they kept it close until Kevin Durant had like a 10-point scoring binge on his own in the end and, and ended up pulling away. But that was a, a really encouraging early performance from the Raptors. They did, again, well, I think, against this, the Warriors in Toronto, if I recall. It was another close game. They lost it, but it was, uh, as, as it has been the last couple seasons, a very close contest. And also, I believe this will be Kawhi Leonard's first game back in Golden State since Zaza Pachulia ruined him. So maybe there's some yeah. revenge potential there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's Self-plot. yeah, exactly. So I think yeah, though the last time Kawhi Leonard was playing in Golden State, he had the the Spurs ahead by like twenty points against the Warriors in Game One of the Conference Finals. So you know, carry over from where he left off there. Obviously, Zaza's not there anymore, and we're gonna talk about Zaza a little bit myself. But oh. um, so we'll get to that shortly. But yeah, the, I, I agree. That's a good vibes game. I'm feeling that one, and they haven't beaten the Warriors in a long time. I think it might come this year at some point. I think the Raptors are more equipped to beat the Warriors from like a pure basketball perspective. And talking about the good vibes here, it's an ESPN game as well, uh, so that that'll be exciting. Both Raptors Warriors games are nationally broadcast this season, so that's cool. Um, so yeah, I- I'm feeling that. That's a good pick. My first pick, my number five. I guess I can rank these on the fly because I didn't actually rank them. Number five, November fifth in Utah. You talk about a back-to-back. Usually back-to-backs aren't that big a deal, but a back-to-back in Utah is kind of tough. Utah's at altitude, right? I never really know if it is or not. People seem uh, to like it kind is of... Salt Lake, is, is, it's up there. Okay, it seems to be kind of just like an excuse that people use when it's convenient to use. It's like, oh yeah, it's kind of at altitude there, but really no one really views it as altitude, but uh, yeah. I believe technically it is. And it's the second night of a back-to-back on November 5th, uh, the night before they're in L.A. to take on LeBron. And, I don't know, I just kind of feel a little icky about that one. You got the second night of the back-to-back, you got playing LeBron the night before, just sort of the the ghosts that come with LeBron playing the Raptors. Also, there's not really going to be any fear in this on the side of the Jazz, because DeMar DeRozan's not around to dunk on Rudy Gobert's head anymore, which I feel like has to be a bit of a psychological edge for the Jazz, and... I just think if I look back to last season, the Jazz were kind of just like the most annoying team. They had that game, I think, in late January where they took on the Jazz and just completely kind of laid an egg. I think they blew it in the fourth quarter. It was one of their worst performances of the season, and the Jazz are hella annoying, and they they make games, you know, uncomfortable, and their defense is excellent, and Rudy Gobert is really terrifying, and so I I think, you know, that game kind of bothers me as a second night of a back-to-back. It's not quite a second night of a back-to-back in Denver, but... It uh, is very, very adjacent to that. So that's my number one. That's my number five, I guess, on the ranking of the five most worrisome games on the schedule. What's your number four most uh, happy outlook-looking one? Uh, this one is less hot takey. I picked October 17 versus Cleveland. Just because you get to start the season feeling real good about yourself <laughs> against the team that has beaten you over and over again in the playoffs, and now they suck. Uh, I was having drinks with Daniel Reynolds of Raptors HQ fame and Justin Rowan, uh, and we talked about the Cavaliers a lot for some reason, and he's glad that kind of the pressure is off because they're not supposed to be good this year, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think the Raptors are just going to cream them on opening night, so yeah, why wouldn't you feel good about this game? It's going to be fun, it's going to be at home, and they just get to beat up on the Cavs. Well, this is interesting because... I have that game on my list of the bad feelings games. 
Oh, okay. So I guess I can just make this my number four in my ranking for convenience. Yeah, sake. we could like debate this. Yeah. So here's the thing. I've been at the first post-LeBron game in Toronto early in the season against the Raptors before. This was in 2010, 2011, that season. Uh, it was a Raptors-Cavs uh, game. And, of course, it was a lot sadder because Chris Bosh had just left the Raptors and the Raptors were not good. Yes, DeMar DeRozan's not around this time, but, you know, it's a very different set of circumstances for the Raptors, of course. But those games against the post-LeBron-Cavs early on or at the beginning of the post-LeBron era... There's just like a pall that hangs over the entire arena, so I'm concerned about that. I just think the the excitement of the opening day will be kind of you know cast aside a little bit by just the sadness that will be the Cavs coming in. Um, normally, like the first game of the season is, it feels like they play the Pacers every year in the first game or something like that, and that yeah. usually seems to be a little bit more of like a neutral, just sort of a canvas upon which the Raptors can do whatever they want. The Cavs, it feels almost bad if they do whatever they want because the Cavs are so downtrodden now. Um, and I also kind of, like, yeah, it's Kawhi's debut. That'll be exciting. But I, I, even if they win it, I think it might feel a little bit cheapened by the fact that LeBron's no longer there. For this to be the first game out of the LeBron era in which he completely owned the Raptors, you know, how good can you really feel about finally beating them when LeBron's not there anymore? I feel like that's oh, going to have, be... You just have to be extremely petty. You, <laughs> have to be you just have to not care about that. And Fair just enough. be like, ha ha, you've Colin Sexton now. Just... <laughs> laugh and laugh and Kevin Love will have like 20 rebounds and uh, they'll still lose by 25 points and you just get to take it you know for what it is and not worry about context at all because context is stupid that's fair. Normally, I would agree, um, but I think in the <laughs> situation, I just I, I do feel like it might be a reminder of the ultimate failure of the past five years uh, against the Cavs in particular. And while, like, I think it could be a stepping stone to much better things, of course. And once you get that bad juju out of the way early, then things kind of even out, and you get a little bit more excited about the Kawhi era. I just think opening against the Cavs. It's kind of, uh, it's not the, the way I'd like to start. It's not the positive, happy first step you'd like to have. It's sort of a necessary hurdle before you get to the schedule really rolling. Uh, what is your number three good feelings game? Uh, so number three for me, fast forwarding to March 5th against Houston. Okay. Uh, this is at home. I thought it was kind of an interesting stretch of games because you've got uh, that week kind of around it where you've got the Blazers, you've got the Pistons where you're going to uh, Dwayne Casey coach team, which is essentially a Raptors home game, which I think will be an interesting outing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got Houston, who they, you know, again, they it's a team they always seem to play well. And uh, Houston, obviously, I think take a, took a step back this summer, losing Trevor Reza to Phoenix and kind of filling that stopgap with Carmelo Anthony, of all people. Um, they're just going to be like a weird team, I feel like, this year in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But still, obviously, a high-powered offensive team. So... I feel like the Raptors compete even better against Houston's roster now uh, with their makeup. Hmm. And uh, it's going to be a highly touted game because of where Houston will probably be in the regular season standings at that point. And uh, I think it's definitely a winnable game, again, for the Raptors. They had, obviously, their signature win last season in the regular season was March against the Rockets. And Mm -hmm. uh, I could see a repeat performance this year. It's kind of wild that all of a sudden the Raptors, all things being equal, have the best player in a Raptors-Houston matchup. Like, that's kind of nuts. Kawhi's better than take? Kawhi's better than James Harden as an overall player, I think, when he's fully healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Overall player, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's... Yeah, I think that's a pretty fine take. That's lukewarm at best. 
it's the the French press that I made earlier that's just kind of sitting out on my on my counter that I haven't poured yet. It's it's not too cold, but it's it's not too warm, but it's not too, it's not, I don't know. It's 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 a fine take, I think. Yeah, that's why I posted yeah. as a question. Is it a hot take? And yeah. I think yeah, it's probably <laughs> something in the midst of lukewarm. You had me questioning whether or not it was hot, so I talked my ass off for a little while <laughs> and uh, went in circles. But this is like going to be a trend for the Raptors now. Like yeah. having Kawhi Leonard means that um 75 out of the 82 games you have the best player on the floor and the raptors just haven't been that team ever that's kind of wild yeah i just got like chills hearing you say that that's kind of exciting um yeah all right so march 5th is that that game yeah all right cool march 5th against houston uh good vibes game to be sure all right uh my next one my number three most uh sinister looking game on the schedule uh, also follows up my number four. No, sorry, my number five pick. It is the November seventh game in Sacramento. Just uh, games in Sacramento never go well. I think they won last year. Other than that, it's been a pretty rough ride going out to Sacramento for some damn reason. It's the, yeah, it's the I last totally game. You here, it's kind of a trap game too. Yeah, last game of a trip. At the end of a four game trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that, and also just like I guess I'm still haunted by. Just the annual horror show that was early season Western Conference trips back in the day for the Raptors. Like, it was just okay. They have a Western trip in the early part of November. They're going to be one and six coming back, and that's just how it's going to be. And the season really begins when they get back from that trip. That's obviously not the case anymore. The Raptors, I think, last year were like nineteen and eleven against the West. They're very good against the West now, and they're very good against most teams because they're awesome. But I just, just there's still that lingering doubt whenever they go west to these sort of weird, non-sexy markets that I just kind of worry about. Just like you know the ten o'clock game that maybe you fall asleep for and wake up and realize, oh man, they lost that game last night. That's a bummer. Glad I went to sleep. Like that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from this game. So um, this is a stay away for me. If uh, I don't know what I'm staying away from, watching it. Not I'll watch it, but like I, just like I'm not gonna put any money on the Raptors winning it because. A, I don't bet because I don't have any money to begin with, and B, I just I, I don't really trust it. It's a it's a weird part of the schedule. It's a weird arena that they've not really been successful in. So I'm I'm staying away from that one. What's your number two best best feeling game on the schedule? Um, I'm very on brand with my top two. So number two is February 26th versus Boston. Okay. Uh, uh, this is one of. I can't remember really why I chose this one beyond the fact that I just don't like Boston and I love every matchup with that team. <laughs> Anytime the Raptors play them, it's a home game. Uh, it's late in the season. It's, I believe, their last matchup with Boston before uh, my Pangea, which is a Boston Celtics Toronto Raptors playoff series, which needs <laughs> to finally happen this year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just like it's a great matchup. I think they're coming off a stretch where they have an emotional high against the Spurs with DeRozan's comeback on the 22nd. You get a trap game with the Magic and then one day's rest before Boston. Like I just think it's a, again, it's a really interesting stretch for the team. Uh, lots of interesting games, probably important games for them coming down the stretch of the season. And you get that matchup with Boston. I'm assuming that being an 8 p.m. start time on a Tuesday, that's going to be on either nba tv or uh, tnt it's a tnt so, game i'm looking at the schedule right here tnt yeah yeah so again more reason to look forward to it and it's kind of in that stretch too where the houston game that i already talked about so uh that kind of late february early march portion of the schedule at that point i think we'll know what kind of team the raptors are mm-hmm. um as they kind of get playoff prepped and we'll see boston 
in a similar kind of mode. So this would kind of be that kind of arbiter game or just a test to see where you're at coming down the stretch of the season. So obviously I'm always excited. I'm up for Boston matchups and that one stands out to me. Yeah, all good points. I almost made the February 24th game against the Magic sandwiched between the DeMar return and that Boston game into one of my bad vibes games because it's a Sunday afternoon 3.30 game against the Magic, but also it's the Magic, so how scared can you really be? Um, So I kept that up. It's an honorable mention for sure. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, My number two most troubling game is Wednesday, December 26th at Miami. So, last Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, they got their asses handed to them by J.J. Barea um, and probably some other random, like, I think Maxi Kleber was in there uh, and some, or or as Matt Devlin would say, Maxi Kleber, um, (laughs) for some reason. um, He was involved in that. They lost that game to the Mavs, and it was really gross. Um, I think there is going to be a bit of a chip on the shoulder, maybe some jilted you know, feelings having not played on Christmas for the Raptors, even though I think it's ultimately a good thing. Um, so maybe that's something to factor in. It's also the second game of a four-game trip that's separated and broken up by Christmas. So you're going to have guys traveling probably to see their families on Christmas Day, wherever it is, and then revisiting, like re-congregating back in Miami for Christmas night or Boxing Day morning. That just that seems like a strange bit of cramped travel that I wouldn't really want to be a part of. Also, you know, Miami has some really dumb voodoo from last year when Fred got hurt in the last game of the year. The 60-game dream ended. There were a lot of bad feelings and accusations against the you know Dwayne Casey and whoever coming out of that game as well. That was not a very good way to lead into the playoffs, even though beating the Wizards kind of you know absolved them of whatever happened in that last game. And the last thing is just like. I don't know if you agree with this or not. Miami's court is stupid, and it's a dumb arena, and I don't like watching games there. It's too dim and sad. So those are all my reasons. I don't like that Boxing Day game against Miami. Yeah, I don't know if I have a take about the court, but definitely I don't like They need better lights in there. It's just so dingy. Yeah, I guess I agree. I I just don't think about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, that matchup for me, I definitely agree with you from a basketball standpoint. You're telling me like, that the court design is talk, not a basketball? We can talk forever about Christmas Day and whether the Raptors could play. Uh, should be playing on that game on that day. I don't really care personally whether mm-hmm. they play on the day, but I think the Boxing Day aspect is definitely not something to look over because if they're with their families, uh, if they're celebrating the holiday they would regardless, I think, whether it was on the day or not. But any games like around that time, I think you are due for some sort of letdown, especially against a Miami team, like you said, where they're just like always in that mode of just scrapping and uh, injuring guys and <laughs> getting that kind of game going. So I, I don't know. They, they are that kind of team that just grinds out those types of ugly games, which is probably what that game's going to be. I can think of no team that is more fitting to be the employer of Kelly Olenek, really. Um, oh, perfect, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so ideal as a matchup. Uh, let's go to another ideal matchup. Your number one day on the schedule uh, for which you yes. are uh, feeling good about the Raptors' chances. 
October 19th versus the Celtics, baby. <laughs> you took I've all of the big like games. i all year for this. And uh, it is early in the season. Uh, it's the second game out of the gate. They're at home. Uh, it's Boston. We have Kawhi. It's probably an Eastern Conference Finals preview. Um, they're going to get the win against the Cavs to feel good about themselves. I don't know. It's like revenge tour early in the season. you got the Cavs. you got the Celtics. You're at Wizards. Uh, I don't know. It's just going to be a good time. So win or not, I feel really good about that. And, uh, yeah, I've already talked a lot about uh, how fired up I am about the Celtics. But this goes double because it's early in the season. And uh, it's just no reason not to be excited and feel good about it. Yeah, and I, like the Celtics will be coming off a game against the Sixers. You have all the sort of juice atop the Eastern Conference being presented, I think, pretty early on in these national TV games. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. That Boston game is going to be dope. I'm super pumped for that. Um, yeah. Whether or not they win, I don't know. I was kind of going for games that I, I just feel like the Raptors are going to lose for sure. Um, and I'm not convinced they're going to win that Boston game. But I think the experience of it, being there in the building, like if you're at the game or whatever, it's going to be uh, – Pretty, I think it might be just like a new level of electricity we haven't really seen for a Raptors game. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. they've always kind of been small potatoes comparatively to the big dogs in the league. And now with Kawhi, I feel like they kind of graduated a little bit. You know, they have 15 national TV games this year. This is the first one of those. I think that sh- that game should signify kind of the step into full on, not just sort of fringy relevance, but full on like we are one of the marquee teams in the NBA sort of status. So, yeah, I'm with you there. That, that game's going to be awesome. My last pick is March 3rd in Detroit. It's a Sunday. It's a 6 p.m. game. 6 p.m. games for the Raptors are always weird on Sundays. That like that, That's game, you know, things like Terrence Ross missing buzzer beaters that should have counted or happen on, on Sundays. Or There are lots of strange, mostly losses to the Kings that happen on Sundays, we're being honest. Um, and just, it's not the... I feel like the Raptors are really good on weekdays, and then it kind of gets a little varied on weekends and Sundays in particular. But yeah, I, I would have to actually check the numbers on that. But I think the Sunday has kind of been a bit of a bugaboo. And that game against the Pistons, I just feel like Dwayne Casey is probably going to have karma in his favor that day. Um, and it's just... Uh, I, the Raptors kind of did... If they if they did anybody dirty this summer, it's probably Dwayne Casey, not DeMar DeRozan. And I don't think they did Dwayne Casey dirty in particular, but if, you could, if you're going to make the argument that they did, it's probably him, considering that they traded away the guy who might have been the reason for most of Dwayne Casey's shortcomings after they got rid of Dwayne Casey. I don't know. It's a little hard to digest I suppose if you're Dwayne Casey and I can understand why he's bitter about it I think he's going to want to beat the Raptors pretty badly and also they have Zaza Pachulia and that is uh, dangerous if you're Kawhi Leonard or his or his ankles so I just I, I don't want that game to happen I'd be okay skipping that game but then again they play the same game in Detroit two weeks later also a Sunday game in Detroit on March 17th so that's going to be a very tricky month uh, voodoo wise but I think they can get through it but yeah I don't I, don't, I just <sighs> these Dwayne games, I'm not really feeling them, man. I, I'm excited for the DeMar return. I'm excited for those games. The Dwayne ones I feel bad about. There's just like a little bit of part of me that feels dirty about them, so I just I don't want any part of them. Yeah, and he definitely downgraded too. So yeah. even if it's a weird matchup, I think they could still win. But that's like, you're right, that's a big month. Like it, It's kind of weird too. Like It ends when that 
home and home against the Thunder of all people. Yeah. And that Detroit game is kind of in an emotional stretch where you've got the Boston game and the Rockets game that I already talked about, and the Blazers are in there too. So, yeah, it's like they've got this big stretch at home and then this one Sunday afternoon in Detroit. Yeah. Which is technically a home game, but still, it's it's a kind of a weird trap game where bad stuff could happen. Yeah, I just I don't know how Dwayne's gonna respond to having mostly Raptors fans there as well. Like he's a pretty calm, cool, collected guy, but I don't know if he's gonna feel sad or, or just pissed that he yeah, that he that his fans are being overrun by the people who called for him to be fired in Reddit threads for the last ten years. Like <laughs> Yeah, and it's March too. It's like six months past anybody believing that the Pistons are gonna be good. Oh god, yeah. Ugh. Just yeah, miss me with that game. I don't really want any part of it. I think that's going to do it, though, John. We have, uh, I think, successfully gone over the games on the schedule people should be both looking forward to and also not super jazzed about. Do you have any parting shots before we wrap this thing up? Um, I want real basketball soon. Yeah, it's not coming anytime soon, dude. <laughs> it's so far away. What else do we have to talk about? Uh, what, what is left? I really don't know. Um, we'll have to, we have to do two a week at least, so I'll, I'll have something I guess later in the week. Um, we'll talk about the Leafs maybe next month. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be pretty slim pickings here. Some news should happen. Hopefully, we can talk about it. If not, we'll we'll find ways, of course, because that's what we do. But um, yeah, this is the last big bit of news. The schedule drop is like the last big thing of the summer, right? So I. Uh, We'll have to just kind of play it by ear to see what else comes. John, where can people find your stuff? Where can uh, people check you out? Uh, just go on Twitter at John Godes, J-O-H-N-G-A-U-D-E-S. And uh, when something happens, I'll probably have something written on RaptorsHQ.com. Right on. Uh, you and I are going to be tag teaming a lot this year, I think. I'm kind of back in the fold a little bit more this season on Raptors HQ, so that's exciting. So I probably am going to have something in the next week or so about um, like the NBA TV theme days that they're doing. And I don't even think they're doing a Raptors one, but if they do, I'll have some thoughts on that or preemptively. So stay tuned for that in the next little while. And uh, until then, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Check out the Locked on NFL Network if you're an NFL fan looking to get prepared for this season. You're a Bears fan, right, John? How are you feeling about the Bears? Uh, nothing. I feel nothing about the Bears. <laughs> well, you can listen to Locked On Bears to uh, find feelings about the Bears. And uh, yeah, if you're a fan of any team, make sure you're checking out that corresponding podcast. If you're locked on, if you're a fantasy basketball player getting ready for your drafts or whatever for the upcoming season, Josh Lloyd has you covered with just an insane amount of content on Locked On Fantasy. I will be on that podcast at some point in the next few weeks to tee up the Raptors from the 2018-19 fantasy perspective. So stay tuned for that as well. So much stuff coming down on the network. It's all very exciting, even though it's the off season. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.